0: Welcome to Through the Water Cycle on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast that explores issues and opportunities water utilities have at every stage of the water cycle, from source and supply to discharge. This episode is part of a live series recorded at Weftech 2019 in Chicago, where Xylem experts got together to discuss critical challenges, areas of focus, and current trends in the water utilities industry. Enjoy the show! Hello, we're here at WefTech 2019 in Chicago, recording live from the WefTech Beer Garden, sponsored by Xylem. I'm joined by my co host Griffin and I'm Amanda Holloway, and we're both with Xylem. And our first two guests today are Mike Ivory and Bruce Countryman with Xylem. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Um, so before we kind of jump into dewatering and temporary water management systems as sort of your area of expertise, just want to get a little bit of background from you on what you do for Xylem.
2: Yeah, sure. I'll go first. I've been with Xylem for five years. I've been in the rental business since 2006. Uh, I was a territory rep just recently and have been promoted to a district sales manager for the South region. Uh, where I live in South Carolina, I'm also an elected official. I'm a commissioner for the soil and water conservation district for the county that I live in and I'm the chair just elected as chairman for that role okay. uh, it is a non paid position to be part of the soil and water conservation district so it's another way that I can give back to my community is a uh, volunteer time through our watermark program
0: fantastic yeah. uh,
3: and uh, my name is Mike Ivory I'm a regional sales manager in the Northeast uh, for dewatering I've been in that particular role for about three years um, prior to that I had responsibilities for our submersible pump sales and rentals as well as uh, I did some product management in the gas and oil fields and I also did some direct sales as an outside sales rep uh, working out of one of our branch locations so yeah it's a little diverse background and, and, and interesting stuff
0: right so most people when they think about dewatering rental solutions they think about like emergency response disaster relief um, but, you know, what are other ways temporary water management systems are used?
3: Yeah, sure, and you know, obviously, although <laughs> emergency response is good for us, you know, we want to be ahead of that, right? That's right. a very reactive situation, and what we really want to do is be proactive in helping helping our customers plan for these events so that they're prepared for when they do happen, and, and that response time's really taken out of it, right? If, if we can set them up for success in advance of the problem, Uh, that's really what's more beneficial for them so that's the way we're going Uh, but the second part of your question is you know what else is it that we do and and a lot of that work is is really around construction and that's you know the construction of new wastewater treatment plants new water plants new lift stations uh, new sewer lines new water lines even just commercial buildings where we have we have deep excavations and you encounter groundwater you know we help to manage all that so While that emergency response piece is 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 definitely a big part of the business, the majority of what we do is quote unquote
1: planned work for construction purposes. Right. One of the other things we were talking to somebody else within Xylem about is um, kind of the fire protection role with rental solutions and how that's kind of a relative unknown and it's trying we're trying to get more traction in that and kind of share that there are rental solutions around fire protection yeah let me, yeah let me let me yeah, put some ahead.
2: color on that there's a yeah. lot of opportunity uh, aging infrastructure I know, is a, is a hot topic that we're going to talk about but fire protection is also a hot topic because you have buildings that have been in place uh, for literally 50 years 100 years right 150 years and they have a fire protection system, but that fire protection system was built in uh, 1950, 1960, 1970. Right. Uh, recently, I was part of a project where we set up a backup pump at an uh, industrial plant in South Carolina where they had a fire pump that uh, it, uh, it just came apart. The pump in uh, became, you know, mechanical failure happened. The engine was built the same year I was born, 1970. And uh, so we we solved their, their temporary problem with a backup Godwin pump system to meet the requirements that the fire code has for that industrial plant. Mm-hmm. That's what kept the insurance company happy, right? Well, while we were there, we got to talking about a little bit about what they could do with their old system. They said, we know that the cost of upgrading this machinery would be X amount of dollars. They said, but what we'd really love to have is some type of controls on an old system and I said well I think I can help you with that what are you looking for and so at the end of the day what they purchased from us was a set of uh, a PLC with controls that would tell them via email based on the cloud uh, what the fuel level was in the fuel tank for the pump what the water level was for the storage tank because it's a remote location Mm -hmm. and the fire code requires that they have uh, access to 250,000 gallons of water to provide 2,000 gallons a minute for up to two hours. That's the insurance requirement. Okay. So they wanted to know what the water level was in the tank. They also wanted to know what the battery level was. They wanted to know when somebody tested the pump. So literally, we could take an antique, like me, that was put together 50 years ago and put controls to it so they could they could have some efficiency, uh, control, some peace of mind. That that made uh, the functionality of their old system work.
0: Because mm-hmm. this is life safety. You can't. I mean, the pump just like disintegrated, basically, or there wasn't a bad event that. <clears throat> no, it was not a bad event. Like... It's
2: just in time, uh, just a failure of mechanical parts. Um, uh, I mean, I have replacement parts at fifty years old, <laughs> so so it's it's not <laughs> uncommon when you when you have equipment like this. When you're talking about aging infrastructure, it's not just municipal a fire yeah. pump is above ground you see it all the time in the municipal world pipes are underground it's out of mind out of sight you know if you think of it in terms like this we replace cars every two to four years and in the midst of that we yeah. do oil changes we change the tires probably the brakes But then we like that upgrade we stick a pipe in the ground and a pump in a wet well and we expect it to work forty fifty years without any type of issue and it's, that's just not the case mm. so temporary systems uh, again like to, to Mike's point, uh, to, to have a temporary system uh, planned work is great, but we're also the best at what we do because we're reactionary. We know how to react. We've put together contingency plans with our municipalities. They know what pump they need, the right selection uh, that they need in a moment's notice in the middle of the night. And uh, mm-hmm. that's part of what sets us apart from most of our competition, out there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, just to add to what Bruce was saying, a lot of these temporary fire pump applications, we don't do enough of them. Uh, and, I, and I don't think the word's out enough that, that we can help in that type of commercial building space. But when you think about it, and, and I had a similar situation recently where, you know, there was a backup diesel-driven fire pump installed at this large residential community, and the backup pump went down. <clears throat> so all, although their permanent system was operational according to their fire code they couldn't operate without the backup pump now we're talking about a place with 2,000 residents living in it and so in the meantime they had to call the local fire company and be paying the fire company to be sitting in the parking lot just in case there was a fire and just in case their permanently installed system didn't work that Uh. the fire company would be there to back it up so you know working through some of our distribution channels we got turned on to this opportunity and went in and you know in a day and a half we had a brand new brand new rental system in there and I and I say rental and I accentuate that for a reason is we really haven't said it yet about rental right so this is a temporary situation they're gonna replace their fire pump with a new one but we're the stopgap right and it's a short-term solution for a short-term problem mm-hmm. and and it really is what sets us apart in the market is, is being able to provide these short-term solutions while there's a repair made or or whether there's a new design that comes out Mm -hmm. to really help our customers fill that gap when when they could potentially be paying a lot of money to to have a fire company sitting around right yeah Yeah. um and and it's not just in that industry so
1: yeah well in short term it can be you know months right it can be a long yeah 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 short term can be months right right (laughs) yep and the other thing i think that well from what we would say sets you apart is Um, we always hear you don't just rent products you rent the expertise you know we putting together these comprehensive kind of customized whether it's a contingency plan or just like a plan for a more proactive approach that's part of the offering yeah Yeah. you know
2: to that point I did a a fire backup (laughs) fire pump system at another plant in South Carolina where they had to take down that temporary water fire tank Mm -hmm. they're remote so where are they going to get all this water from Fortunately, they had an in-house wastewater treatment plant. So the water we pulled from, the 250,000 gallon tank we were pulling from, was water that was just about, it was one step away from being finished and reintroduced to a tributary. Mm -hmm. So we set up a system with uh, pumps on site, 2000 foot of pipe so that they could have that backup system. And what they thought would take a month long worth of work ended up going six months. And I say that because um, you know things can happen and what we dis- what we provided was an engineered solution that would not only keep them safe but satisfy the need of what the insurance was requiring. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. the- at the end of the job the engineer came back to me and said you know I was really worried about how the pump system was gonna function how you know we're we gonna be able to is this gonna be able to do exactly what we need to do and he said the way you engineered it it became the least of my worries I had so many other problems to deal with because of the cold weather trying to rehabilitate this tank. So, uh, you know, Godwin's uh, broad line and selection of pumps is really what gives us the advantage uh, to be, because no pump system is the same. Right. And we have to be able to, to, to meet the, the flow and the duty point every single time mm-hmm. that they're asking for a backup system.
0: You kind of touched on this earlier, Bruce, um, when you're talking about putting some technology into the system. so we've been speaking with other xylem folks about monitoring controls um, embedded intelligence into pumps so what are you seeing in sort of the dewatering portfolio in this space so sure the
2: the the latest and greatest that uh xylem has gone to is for the Godwin pump is field smart technology so now again just like the fire pump is set up you have a uh, an operator whether it's a municipal operator or a contractor that has real-time controls on his phone. Again, this is a cloud-based system that he can see exactly what the system is doing—what pumps on, what's off. Uh, hooked up to one of our MJK flow meters, we can tell them what the flow rate is. I still remember one of the first uh, uh, times I saw this. Our chief engineer, Mike Ramos, uh, we were having dinner one night, and he showed me his phone. And he said, "Check this out." And I saw—and I hadn't seen it to this point. This is about three and a half years ago. And there were six loads of information. He said, this is a big job that's going on right now in Denver. And he said, what's really cool about it is is the engineer had spec'd we need to have a supply of pumps that will handle 11 MGD. Well, they had a major rain event. They ended up with a spill. So we actually ended up through the mag meter, showed them we actually covered 13 MGD. The engineer looked at that, Colorado's version of... DHEC looked at it and said, you know what, this is a 500-year storm event. There will not be a fine because you could prove exactly what your bypass was doing. And that is the power that we have to be able to provide for our customers today.
3: Yeah, and, you know, just to add on to what Bruce is talking about with this whole monitoring and controls uh, situation or or application, you know, beyond the individual field smart technology that's available for each and every Godwin pump, uh, we also have some advanced monitoring and control systems in our portfolio as well that allow us to integrate multiple pumps of different types, whether they're electric driven, diesel driven, submersible, end suction pumps, uh, and link them all together via Ethernet cables, monitor the whole system, and, and even more beneficial for the end user or the customer is we can integrate that whole output to their existing SCADA system so that they can access what's going on. So, not only are we monitoring the system, the contractors monitoring the system, but the owner also has the ability to monitor the system as well. So it really gives everybody a peace of mind that you know the system's working as it should be.
1: Sure. Yeah. Want to hear more about how we solve water? Check out the Bell and Gossip podcast in the Solving Water feed. Host Kyle Del Piano of Xylem talks with industry thought leaders about today's issues in commercial building systems, including DOE regulations. HVAC efficiency, hydronic systems, plumbing, education, and more. Stream episodes of the Bell & Gossip Podcast wherever you listen to Solving Water. We still just talk about this as these are rental solutions. How do you kind of talk to potential customers or just people that you meet about the benefits of renting versus buying? Are there situations where there's a clear?
0: Or like, when do you know when to rent? I mean, obviously... Construction—it's pretty straightforward. Sometime, right you need something yeah. to fill the great, gap, sure, but
3: you know question. what I mean. Yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, I, I'll give my take on it, and you can put your two cents in on it. The, the whole rent versus buy—is you know—it's really an age-old question. What we uh, really work on is, uh, you know, what makes sense for you. And when we look at contractors, right? They—they um, they typically, when they grow their own businesses, they'll buy. But that really never affects the rental business because we're, they're growing and we're growing with them okay. so you know you, people used to worry oh i don't know do we really want to sell a product because then we're not going to be able to rent it but most often the time the answer is yes you know well, they're going to buy something but they're still going to need to rent because they're growing and they're buying because they're growing uh, so that's one piece of it um the other piece of it is some of these applications that we get into when you're talking about 120 or a 350 million gallon a day bypass at a wastewater treatment plant for an upgrade or even for whatever they're doing, most often it's an upgrade. You know, most people don't need the equipment, need to own that equipment. You know, those jobs come up, you know, once every two, three years.
2: Sure. You know, and how
3: viable is it for any contractor or any municipal owner to own that type of equipment? And I'm not just talking about the the pumps, right? It's everything that goes with it. The pipes, the gaskets, the nuts, the bolts, the elbows, the valves, all the stuff that plays into it just doesn't make sense for people to own that stuff so that's really when the rent versus buy proposition makes sense is these really immense jobs that you know i don't know that these contractors really need to invest their money there there's better things that they can be spending on stuff that they can use every day of the every day of the year right right Uh, so so that helps out helps them out a lot there
1: Mm.
2: i guess i guess for my two cents i would say that you know when you look at the general rental industry as a whole, it is now a $70 billion a year business and to mitigate the cost of ownership, many contractors, municipalities, uh, they are they would rather rent than buy because they don't have to, they're mitigating the cost of maintenancing mm-hmm. that piece of equipment. They don't have to worry. But we take the worry out of it when they rent the equipment from us. But then you have uh, some organizations like a mine that will look at a pump and say, well, we're going to need this for a couple of years. So what's the what's the turnover and the cost of ownership? So we'll sit down and do the math with them and say, when does it make sense to buy that piece of equipment as opposed to renting it? Uh, and then they get to make a, a safe, calculated decision based on what uh, capital they would have to spend or whether it just needs to be an operational cost. But we work through that process with them every time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's part of the, I guess, the expertise provided, right, to um, sure. Do you see that out in the market, people are still just assuming that they're just getting products to rent, or is it becoming more of an expectation that you get the full-scale solutions, or is that still kind of a rarity?
3: I, I think you know, specific to our industry, and in Xylem as a whole. I mean, the, the customers that we deal with pretty much know that they're getting a solution mm-hmm. from us. Now, are there other providers in the market that? They're just getting a product. product. Yeah. I like to think, yeah, yeah. right? And obviously, I, I should think, yeah, right? I, I think that we work for a great company and we have the best product and service. But, I mean, our customers, we get the feedback all the time. You know, we're willing to work with you and maybe pay a little more to work with you because we know the solution is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say they come to us for, for a solution
1: rather than yeah. for just a product. Right, you know? right. And I would say that's a key differentiator. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: So what's next? What are you seeing next coming for temporary water management? I mean, is it really just the continued advancement of this field smart technology or is it, are there other things that you're seeing coming down the pipeline? No,
3: I I think that definitely the technology piece, I mean, let's not be naive here and think that we're going to start going backwards at some point. I mean, technology (laughs) is where we're headed. Uh, so we need to be more innovative in the design of our products and our solutions. Uh, one of the things that I for- wanted to say earlier, and you just reminded me, was this whole uh, remote monitoring and control piece from a technology standpoint, uh, what type of cost savings that's given to our customers on large projects. You know, a lot of these large rental jobs we'll do, specifically in the in the wastewater market, uh, if we're doing a bypass of a system, uh, a lot of the design engineers are saying, hey, this system needs to be monitored 24 seven because we can't have a spill, right? So traditionally what that meant is that the contractor either had to provide their own people or they'd sub it out to us or somebody else to have actual bodies on the ground 24 hours a day, just sitting there watching the pump pump, right? In case there was a problem, they could react. You know, now with this remote monitoring and control piece, we can look at most of that without having a body on the ground. most of the design engineers and owners have started to accept that as an okay solution or an acceptable solution to that to that maintenance or, or you know pump watch if you will type of person which is great but what it really means is it allows those contractors to bid a job much more aggressively because they don't have to pay a man to do this, right? Mm-hmm. The cost of renting that solution from us versus paying a person to do it, it it's not even comparable right yeah. so it really gives them a competitive advantage uh, to go that route and there's also a safety piece of it too that I don't think we talk about enough where you know there's some remote locations some dangerous locations we work in at times that you have can have a guy sitting out there or a woman could be in potential danger or you know could be at risk if something were to happen where now we can do it, you know, hands off, and then figure out how to respond. So there's definitely a safety piece of it too that I don't think we talk about enough.
2: That's true, and I want to I want to take this in a little bit different direction if I can. Uh, I was speaking yesterday with a lady that works with the. She's out of the uh, Washington D.C. and she works with the EPA. And her, I asked her, "What do you do?" And she said, "Well, one of my goals is to work with." municipalities to get the right kind of funding they need and of course that opened up the doors for a huge conversation because when we look at assisting our communities uh, that particularly rural water communities they do not have the funding tax base of a larger community Mm -hmm. industry moves away they have aging infrastructure how do they deal with that so you know how can technology help help with that well again ever since uh particularly since 2008 we've seen a huge change and how workforce is used, not just with us, not just with the municipalities, but even the contractors. So what's happened is, is we've been looking at the municipality and saying, okay, number one, how are you governed? How are you funded? Who are you partnered with, contractor-wise? And then we come alongside and and become that strategic partner with the contractor to say, together we can come together and solve this problem with you. And then through the technology, they have that peace of mind. Uh, you know, th- there was a uh, for for years uh, in the business, you would say, "Well, how are we going to do the bypass?" Well, municipality says, "Well, we don't want to mess with that. That's means and methods. We'll leave that up to the contractor." And that's changing. the The bid specs for a project is not as ambiguous ambiguous as it used to be, hmm. because they want to. They again, they want to mitigate that risk and control those efforts around their project to keep people safe.
1: That's kind of. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but we work on the in the residential market too, we help there and we see a lot of the need for rural water like just water wells or just these smaller neighborhoods that just don't have access to clean water. It's a huge issue everywhere. You
0: guys saw that watermark video at the dinner the other night. Right. It was their recent project they did there. Yeah. It's
2: pretty cool. Well I'll tell you it, it I've had conversations with some of our rural water operators. Yeah. And you want to talk about somebody that'll get emotional. I've talked to old men that are, you know, 20 years older than me and say, well, what do you literally, I'll just say, what's going on? What are you struggling with? And sometimes literally get tears in their eyes because they're like, we are so strapped based on who's making the decisions and what funding we have to get things done. How can I help you? Who do we talk to? And well, here's our engineer. And so then we go and we put proposals together to help those guys out. you know, and there's a vast difference in municipalities between ones that are run by elected officials, and I say that with a smile on my face because I am one, and, and utilities that are run by, say, appointed commissioners that are in the business of handling water and wastewater. They have the technical knowledge and yeah. aptitude to be able to do that. You'll never see a, an elected official, say, of a county council, uh, well, let me put it this way you'll always see them with their picture taken next to a fire truck. A police car, an ambulance—that's sexy. An SSO, you're never gonna. That's bad PR. They're just not going to be out there for that. So it's a challenge uh, to understand how they're, how they're governed, how they're funded. Uh, But we work through those solutions with, uh, again, our expertise, the technology we provide,
1: and it pushes them ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. You talked a little bit about your watermark background. Have you worked in any projects, notable projects? Or sure, we all have.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's just, and they're, pick one. I mean, there. Yeah. Too there, many to count. There are there's so many challenges and opportunities for us to uh, to be involved in uh, giving back to the community, and it's important for us. Mm-hmm. This when when you talk to the guys, you know, and I'm a I'm, I'm a sales guy, okay. So sales guys look at jobs differently, but we're we're not just in this to make money for ourselves. If you're not mm-hmm. passionate about this business and serving your community, you're in the wrong business. Well how mm-hmm. can
0: you not be when it comes to water?
1: Absolutely. Well and especially when especially for you guys, you're out there, you see the need and you see the issues that are out there. I mean it's hard to not feel something for that. Pressure. Right. Yeah. It's a strong statement to say you have this problem, I have a solution. I can help you with that, that too. You have, you can also provide a solution. It's gotta has gotta feel good. Cool.
3: Yeah, it does, and that's you know that's really the, the direction that that we're going as a as a company in whole, right? Is yeah, you know, we have these great products and solutions for problems, right? But getting back to what I opened the conversation with was, how do we be proactive and go partner with these communities, whether they're small rural struggling communities or large metropolitan areas, to to really help the future, right? Because you know what it is, it and by. 20 in tw- the next 20 years, there's what, one and a half billion people will be at a, a, a water problem, right, or, or a scare- water scarcity problem, right. something to those effects. So, I mean, if when you think about that, it's really staggering, and, and to think that we can, we have an opportunity to help solve that problem, mm-hmm. you know, it, it motivates you to get out of bed every morning, that's for sure. All right.
0: Can't think of a better uh, comment to end this on. I just yep. wanna thank you both for coming. Um, and we always kind of sign off with a little cheers and a little beer review if you have a... Uh, cheers, cheers.
1: Cheers. Because I don't know if we mentioned in this episode, but this is...
0: Yeah, water reuse beer. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't tell. I mean, it tastes just like the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks, thanks for you. joining us. Thanks for having us.